Hi guys, my guest for this episode is I want to say Odafin, author of Tomorrow I Become a Woman, and it was recorded via Zoom. Enjoy. Hi guys, welcome to Books with Abna. On today's episode, I'll be talking to Ewonse Odafin, author of Tomorrow I Become a Woman. So I'll quickly do a summary of the book. Gauzier is Obianiju's perfect man. He's a Christian, charismatic, handsome, and an evil man. He reminds her of her uncle, Ikena, her mother's brother who disappeared after the Civil War. Obianuju accepts Gauzier's proposal despite an uncertain feeling for Akin, a man her family wouldn't accept. She married Gauzier to make her mother happy. She experiences the shock of her life with her perfect man after the wedding ceremony. The novel, Tomorrow I Become a Woman, also describes the friendship between Uju and her two best friends from school, as well as the struggle of women to meet society's expectations. Hi, Ewonse. Welcome to Books with Abna. Thank you. Did I get the name right, though? It's Ewonse. Your book was published last year in, um, in May. I think so. April, end of April, close. (laughs) Okay, and it became an instant success. I mean, by the time we were ending the year, it was on everyone's favorite debut, best debut, favorite top 10. Um, How did it make you feel? Um, So I try not to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) um because i do like so first of all i'm I'm really grateful i'm very grateful for the support i think especially locally like within the continent like in you know nigeria in in ghana west africa in kenya even in south africa southern africa like in zimbabwe south africa like the support has been really has been really humbling yeah. So for me, I'm really excited about that because you know, as as, as an author, you write because you want people to read your work. Of course. You know, so so for me, it was it was very it was it was it was it was a very fulfilling moment. But then also, I actively try not to think about it. Like when like people message me, like, oh my god, I, I love your book. Like, I love your book. Or <laughs> oh, um, I, I couldn't find your book at my bookshop because they said it's sold out. Like that's really touching for me. Oh, but wow. I just actively don't think about it because i just wow. feel if you think if i if i if i spend my time thinking about it then i'll get caught up in it yeah and then mm. and then i wouldn't be able to work on anything else or write or just kind of just you know so so okay. so so I've, I've kind of created a mental headspace where i've separated myself where you separated from it wow. yes like it's wow. like it's out there it's, but, it has nothing to do with me anymore <laughs> let's let's talk about your journey to tomorrow i become a woman how has your writing yeah. been so far um walk mm-hmm. us through the process how easy or hard was it for you to write tomorrow i become a woman which is your first novel and the publishing deal just walk us through how this book came to be oh um yeah so it was so it was was wasn't a very straightforward process um and okay. for most people that don't know this I'm actually um I wasn't one of those people that grew up always wanting to be a writer so I had no idea how the publishing industry was wow yeah so like my my first degree is in accounting I was working as a full-time consultant 
mm-hmm. I have an MBA. I have like so actually what happened was um during my MBA, I made a friend who was going through a very difficult situation and I was trying and I was trying to help her. And then what happened was I wasn't able to, unfortunately, and I was wow. talking to a friend about it in frustration. And I remember I told him, I said, I'm going to write about it, you know. And that was that was where it started. I just I said it in passing. It was okay. at the end of 2015. I said it in passing. I was going to write about it. Then early 2016, something else happened again. And I was just like, I was so frustrated. I was like, you know what? And I had time. I was applying for a job. I just come back. I was kind of like, okay, okay. I have a bit of time on my hand. I'll, I'll give this a go. And that's when I started working on it. Okay. And it was like, I, I was working full time. When I started, when my job came, I started working, I was working full time. So I'll start, I'll stop. I had never written a novel before. I'd written like maybe essays that contributed to stuff. So it was all okay. kind of ambitious to actually Yay. try to write a novel. And I, I, did, I, I guess I, I was sort of crazy for even thinking about writing a novel. Like, about writing a whole novel. I didn't know but I just continued I just felt I could I could give and 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 so it took me two and a half years wow. so I had my first draft by September 2018 so I just kept going I just never stopped yeah. which is something I would encourage people to do like just never stop you never know yeah and then I was now then when I had my first draft and I started editing 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 like you know and then reaching out and then I then I, I googled this is crazy I, when I had my first draft I googled how to get published. How to get a publishing deal. <laughs> I actually Googled how to get published. Not even how to get a publishing deal. Because I didn't even know what a publishing deal was. That was wow. how little I knew about the industry. I literally Googled wow. how to get published. Because I had no idea. And then I saw, okay, you have to query, you have to get an agent. Then you have to go through an, then an agent will get you a publishing deal. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> wow. It's kind of crazy, I know. So This is and, crazy. Yes, and then I started and I started querying, and that's when I started querying. I got so many rejections, and mm. I, along along the line, I just kept editing. I just kept going, like working on my draft. I worked with someone initially, then the person was like not so enthusiastic about the work. Then I stopped working with the person. Then it was just kind of like you know, like you, you fall down, you stand up. Before that, you get yeah. I got over. I always like I got over fifteen no's. Like wow, 15 no's. Fifty, yeah. So all it takes is really one person. One yes. And, to say yes and and then eventually I, uh, my agent said yes and uh, we are happy she said he said <laughs> agent said yes uh, and and then she helped me get my publishing deal so i'm really uh, grateful for that yeah yeah 50 rejections is a bit wow did you ever feel like the no it's a lot and I'm giving up at this point. There's no way I'm going to continue this anymore. Oh, yes. My very, so, this, again, I had no idea how the industry worked. So, like, I looked through and I, I loved some people's profiles. I was like, oh, my God, this person, like, was the agent for, like, maybe this particular work I really like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, like, the very first person that told me no was, like, an agent I really, really admired. Oh, right. When I got, so, when I got the no, I was devastated for, like, a uh-huh. week. I didn't touch my manuscript. I didn't do anything. Uh, and, after, and after a week, I was like, "What are you doing? Stand up and like dust yourself off, you know." And then I, I, and then so I opened like a Google Doc, mm-hmm. and like I had like a, like I had a like a spreadsheet of like agents. I started writing agents, and I was like, write response, yes, no, full, full request, partial request. <laughs> so, and so so like so every time they would say no, that's how I knew I, I had the to um, rejection because I actually I I, I counted. You counted. Yeah, because I had like a spreadsheet, like, okay, no, 
and I'll write like, what is what they're looking for? This is what they want. And I kept doing, I, I just kept, and then I kept working on my, on my draft, kept working on my manuscript, exactly. So, so I wow. did feel discouraged so many times. So many times I, I was sad, like, just like, because I remember presenting agents I really liked. Yeah. But then, but then I'm really grateful I got my current agent because I yeah. she's, yeah. she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The book centers on the lives of three friends. Um, and I say that the book is fictional, but yes. I can tell you that the events in the book are things that are happening today. Mm-hmm. The stories felt so real. For me, I'm so happy that you were able to write this book. And I remember the time where I was reading the book and I cried because my question really is, what inspired this story? These stories, the three friends, the kind of struggles they went through, what inspired the whole story? First of all, you know, I, I, like I mentioned earlier, what happened to my friend yeah. who was going through a difficult situation, but I'd also grown up seeing just so many instances of just how, you know, just different women in my in my life that were yeah. going through very difficult, like just difficult or different variations of these situations. And I wanted to write about three women, you know, I wanted to write about three women, three different personalities, mm. and basically how society happens to them. And so, like, you know, like the back cover says, was really inspired by real stories. So actually, wow. it was inspired by real stories of real people. And so real people I know that probably don't even know I wrote about them. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't, I really didn't want it to be like, oh, I'm telling your story. So I did try to make it such that the stories yeah. were not identical to what happened to them. Yeah. They were inspired by what had happened to them. Um, so, yeah, it was very, it was a very heavy process because I had to, you know, I had to recall some memories that I wasn't very um, mm, mm. happy, you know, that were very happy memories, but, wow. but, but, but it was necessary for, for the process, yeah. But, um, so, was it was it hard writing it? Was it, because the story is heavy. Mm-hmm. It's a very heavy story. So, was it hard writing it or wasn't, it, it, it was easy because you've seen it. You've so, seen people go through it but writing it I how did you even process that emotion that had you had to pack everything in the story so it was it was emotionally tasking I'll be honest mm. it was very emotionally tasking because I think I wrote from a place of frustration and anger mm. and you could mm. and you could and I'm not sure if you could tell because I think yeah. a, lot, a lot of people message me and say oh I I, I went to, I went away feeling angry and I'm like yeah that's the point yeah <laughs> Because I, I felt a lot of frustration and anger writing mm, this. Mm. And I wanted to tell that, that um, like, I wanted to tell, I wanted to tell a story also with a different ending from the stories I'd seen. Not seen mm. so many women just, you know, go through this and then just have, or the same ending, you know, I also wanted yeah. to tell a different ending. And it was frustrating. It was painful. Yeah. I cried writing certain scenes. Wow. I don't want to give too much away to any readers that haven't read, like, well, what happens with Chinelo, for example. Yeah. I, oh god, that was hard. And what that, also what that happened? Was hard. To, that was really hard. Also, even the scene with Uju's dad. I mean, if you I felt had to step like away. this, if you felt like this writing, imagine how we felt. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> imagine how we I'm felt gonna... reading this book. Like for me, it, I'm taking this too personal. So let's just go to the next question. Um, so let's go to um societal pressure, and I like how you dealt with the expectation society will put on a on, on a woman because mm-hmm. one thing about our society is that 
our society determines what a woman must become. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The society will tell you what it wants you to be, mm -hmm. who it wants you to be. Was this what you, you, you wanted to achieve whilst you were going through the writing process? Is this something you, you had set in your mind that this is what I wanted to talk about? This is a theme I wanted to fully explore. So this is what I'm doing. Yes, definitely. Like, so for me, it was, so in, in many ways, um, I mean, you're a woman in Africa yeah. and in Africa, so I didn't know how much society plays a role mm. in our upbringing, how mm. we are perceived and what we're expected to do and it's how we're expected to believe. And I was very frustrated by that growing up. And I really wanted to pass on some of that frustration because it was like, it never stops. And that's yeah. why the title is Tomorrow I Become a Woman because yes. it never stops. You yes. know? It's like, oh, when you have your period, oh, when you get married, oh, mm. when you have a child, oh, when you have a male child, oh, when the children grow up and leave. You know when they get when they get married when they have their own children True. when you know until until the grave yes and 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 so and i've seen so many people succumb to that pressure because it's hard not to it's i mean hard. Because it's hard like it's almost impossible not to because yes. you're basically told there is something wrong with you if you're not like this and we are social human beings you know we're social, rather, we're social beings rather as humans mm -hmm. and as and you and one, one, and I was, I was telling someone the other day that one key thing that society has been able to do is utilize shame to mm, force mm, people and make people mm, conform. So yeah. if they're successfully able to shame you with pressure and say you're a bad person, you're a that's bad how man, they get you. Then you get you, and then you're yeah. forced to conform because you don't yes. want to feel ashamed. You don't want people to be talking bad about you. You don't want people yeah. to say you're a certain thing or the other. You know, and and that's one. And that it was that frustration and that um that sense of frustration that, that made me write this. I wanted to write about that pressure, that societal mm. pressure, that constant demand and just never stops. You know, never stops. Yes, and so and so that and so that's and so that's why I I why? I, I, I wrote it, it that way. It the cycle is so bad that. It never stops because you are young. And even when you were a child, you realize that mm -hmm. the adults will be talking, oh, she's a girl, let her do this. Or <laughs> she will grow up to become a woman, let her do this. And yes, they start exactly. putting the expectation on you right mm -hmm. from when you are a child all the mm -hmm. way. And then it's, it's a cycle that I never, stop. yeah. never stops. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it really hurts that for here, we live in a society where it's very intense here than it is out there. And so I understand the frustration that it took for you to anger, frustration, and your book will take, please readers, the book will take you through all the emotions, <laughs> the highs, the low, you are high, the, you, you are low tomorrow, then everything. But let's talk about Gozier. So mm -mm, Gozier's parts. Mm -hmm. When I was reading the part, I was angry. I was so angry to the point where I didn't have a physical copy because I listened to the audiobook. Oh, I just took the earphones out. I was angry. I said, you know what? I'm not going to listen to it anymore. This is oh. it for me. Because mm -hmm. he is that perfect man here. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he, and Uju just made married Gozier to make her mother happy. Mm -hmm. And in the end, she, she and, and she ended up in a difficult marriage. But how was it for you writing Gozier's character? Because mm -hmm. as a reader, I felt really angry. Did you feel the anger and frustration coming out of your fingers typing Gozier's character? <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be honest, writing Gozier, I felt sad. 
because mm. because it was inspired by different people I know, mm. and it's and it's possible to know possible to know people that are a certain way, mm. but still care about them even though you know mm. they're they not they're not they're not they're not great. Does that make sense? Mm. And so um and so for me, like I said you know, my friend was going through this situation. I was very angry at her situation. So yes, yeah. part of why would did make me angry because I was so annoyed and I was so frustrated. But I really wanted to paint it. I really, I wanted I also wanted Gozi to be a product of of the society because yeah. you could see like I think one one thing people like um I always say is that if you notice like throughout the book, no one really told Gozi like like no one actually really tried to. Put a permanent stop to his actions, mm, you know. Mm, because if mm. they had, if maybe if Uju's mother had said something like, you know, if Uju's mother had done something, if her father had been more of an active person, if yeah. her brothers had done something mm. aside that yeah. one time that, that they one time, in, you know, if they had, you know, like he he probably would have real, like. But then when you have a society that that um, enables your actions, enables. that makes, and then the more the more powerful he became, the wealthier he, he became. Then yes then it was you know everybody was basically kissing, was basically kissing up to him mm-hmm. and and so so and so Gozier is is a representation of something to me mm-hmm. he's he's not just oh this terrible character but then it's also what happens when society just lets people continuously get away with yeah. certain actions yeah. and continuously feed this toxic cycle and just you know mm. con- you're a man you're allowed to do this you're allowed, you're allowed to, to do this you are, you're allowed to, to, to act a certain way yeah. like a woman will never get away with that sort of behavior never they Ever. will shame you have to be shameless you will be shamed into oblivion thank you in fact like the elders will call you they you will, will call you they will sit you down the family heads will call you call you the church leaders will call you you get it the woman let's it's always harder <laughs> for women. And I keep saying it, Gozier just got away with so many things. Even from the mm-hmm. start, he, mm-hmm. he just got away with almost everything. And yeah. I was angry. I was full of rage. And it was just, oh God. Just talking about Gozier alone makes me, my skin is just, oh my God, it's itching all over. But sorry. <laughs> another thing that you really discuss is the Biafran role. And even though we read about Uju and her two friends and their marriages and the struggles and everything. Subtly, you talk about the Biafran war and its consequences even now. Do I say then on the on the Nigerians and what they are going through way after the war has ended? Families that are trying to find lost ones who have no idea what happened to lost ones where to find them, where to even start. Where did you even research for this part of the book? Was the writing of this part intentional or it wasn't? It just came in there. So it was actually, uh, thank you. That's such a great question. So it was, um, so I was talking to a colleague a couple of years back and she was telling me about her grandmother that disappeared during the civil war. And I remember being quite stunned by this and just hearing her speak about it. And it's just a very, I think it was a very poignant moment for me because when you really listen to people talk about talk about the war, it's very different. Yeah. And when you listen to people talking about losing loved ones through this like true disappearance, it's very different. Because when when someone dies, there's a body. 
yeah there's a, a grief yes there's a level of closure that comes with that sort of you know um that's that, that's sort of with death that yeah. it never comes with disappearance because it's always mm. like if the person out mm. there what happened mm. how if, if the person is mm. dead how did the person die and i was really struck by that and i was like i want to write about this but then also as a nigerian Biafran war happened in between, between 67 and, and 1970. Mm-hmm. But then those three years, or particularly four, continue to impact everyday life to stay our political, the political life, you know, even just um how we relate across cultures, how we relate across tribes, mm-hmm. in the northern and southern parts of the country, you know, it's still such a major, it's such a major defining moment. And it's only until recently that we actually actively started talking about the war. Yes. It yes. Was like it was something that was, and, and I think it's also um because many of the people that committed these atrocities are still with us, you know. Mm. They, they are they haven't gone. So it's not like some mm. fire with their their lives. Mm. Some of them are, you know, are in corridors of power. So it's and it's not something, and I remember reading about the Asaba massacre a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. And I was and I was like, I want to write about this. I really want to include this. And and that was how Uncle Kina's character came to be. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to write about how war has really made us different people. Yeah. And how it's affected how we see tribe and how we see each other across tribes. And also just, you know, just um because it's 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 like a it's like a shroud that continues to hang and over, the, over, over yeah. the country. It's not gone. We like to pretend, you know, and we don't like to talk about things, but I think that's kind of like, maybe the, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's of the African way of doing things sometimes. Like if we don't talk about it, then we'll just pretend that it's not there mm-hmm. and it's there, you know? So yeah, that's, that's, that's why I am. But yeah. so we, this, this is just a quick, the three girls mm-hmm. of who's, what's your favorite character? Oh, definitely, <laughs> no, definitely Uju, definitely Uju, uh, because I think and uh, Uju have so much in common in that. Mm. Well, I've never been married, just to be clear. Because <laughs> <laughs> someone asked me, person was like, "How do you know you? so much? How do you know? Like, is Uju you? I'm like, no, Uju is not me. I promise. <laughs> but like, um, I think for me, it's mainly because Uju is such a questioning character, and I've mm. always been like that, like throughout mm. the book asking why why yeah and uh, growing up I was always like that for me it was why like when people tell me oh you have to discuss your girl I'm like why like like why do I have to discuss I'm a girl like like what like what makes it what what about being a girl makes it compulsory that I'm like this or I behave like this or I walk like this or I do this or I end up you know and and so that's that's one thing I share with Jews character and Mm -hmm. I and and so I really wanted to, <laughs> so, so you know, we just comments with my own annoyance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can tell, I can tell. <laughs> so like, yeah, so, so a very good friend of mine always jokes that ah, sometimes I would just sounds like you're the one talking. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But um, so what authors living or dead across generations informs your crafts? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Growing up, Western, I love Jane Austen. I love, I love a lot of the classics. I love a lot of the classics growing up. Um, I think I was a big fan of Charles Dickens. I was obsessed. Oh, that you really do love the classics. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I did. Because I, I did, because growing up, that's what my dad used to buy for me, right? Okay. 
but then as an African author, I think I was very, very inspired by um, Chino Achebe. Right. I, um, I was very inspired by, I don't know if you know Buchi Mecheta. She I wrote, know Buchi, the second class citizen. Yes, and Joys of Motherhood. Joys of Motherhood. I've read both. I love both. I always, I always say that Joys of Motherhood changed my life. Yay. Like Joys, like I read Joys of Motherhood as a teenager and I was like, I am not going to live like this. <laughs> I was so annoyed because the title, because I was so innocent. Like I feel like that was where my innocence was. The title away. and the content the of the was book. so deceiving. I know. And, then I kept, and so as she kept going through all these things, I was like, okay, the title is Joys of Motherhood. There will be some joy somewhere. There is no joy in until the very last page. And so I, <laughs> I really want. I, I got to the page end, and I was like, this cannot be the last page. Oh my oh. god. And so, and so for me, yeah. So, and then also, um, um, which you mentioned, um, um, I, I mean, it's impossible to mention Chimamanda. I'm not impossible yeah. not to mention Chimamanda. Chimamanda, um, Chimamanda's purple hibiscus. I remember when she came out, and my dad bought purple hibiscus for me. It was such mm. a huge moment for me. Yeah. I still, I don't know. I still have the old so, copy somewhere in my parents' house. Yeah. I don't know where they, where my my siblings have thrown it, but it's somewhere there. <laughs> <laughs> then are are you are you working on anything any new book any new i mean we know it's a two book deal three book deal should we expect anything um yes actually so i'm I'm working on a sort of follow-up to this one like a totally (laughs) it's like a totally different story um but you see you definitely see characters from this in there yeah like a more contem- contemporary setting it's it's, yeah. it's it's quite different but um i'm hoping people love it <laughs> wow 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 thank you so much thank you thank you thank you a, thank you so much for having a one me no say. i'm yeah, trying to get the i want to say but don't worry it's fine even nigerians don't get the pronunciation of my name <laughs> thank you so much for honoring my invitation to be here it's such an awesome time to talk about the book with you um mm-hmm. i i don't know what to say even after reading the book and everything my my emotions are still not settled it's almost like you 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 unsettle the water and it's now muddy and everything now i have myself questioning and asking myself questions all the time about why things exist in the society and why they should exist that way and for mm-hmm. me that's what a book should do it should help me reevaluate things it should help me look at things critically and examine them so that's what your mm-hmm. book did for me and thank i'm really you. happy i want a signed copy though i want a signed oh. copy with my name in it well definitely i am as i haven't been to ghana yet you should you come enough, to it's ghana. so crazy because i have a west african passport that's the entire point you should come to but, ghana but i'm definitely if you actually invite me for like any of your book festivals or anything we will invite you i will definitely come so just reach out oh, <laughs> any book you. festivals anything i'll i'll be very happy to come yeah yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. i'm looking yeah. forward to visiting like ghana Ghana yeah. and yeah. and other and also just other countries in West Africa. I really feel like we talk, talk so much about traveling out of the country, right? Out mm-hmm. of um, Nigeria, but I, I just feel and I am currently, but um, out. But then just I just feel like we don't really 
travel across West Africa. Yeah, so we much. don't. I just don't. And there's just wow. so much to see. And I really want to. A friend of mine did it recently. And I was so envious of him. And I was like, well, I need to do this. You need to do it. You need <laughs> to need pack to... up your bags and then probably tell West Africa. Maybe yeah. you can taste all the jollofs and tell us which one is I said, which is better, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. So, I, yes. yes, I want to. I'll be honest. Don't worry. I'm very honest. So, you guys, yeah. you guys, oh, I'll mean, say Yes. <laughs> but the time you finish with all the jollofs, you would still come to the conclusion that Ghana jollof is the best. <laughs> I'm, I'm Nigerian, so I'm a bit loyal. But, yes. but, but, you know. <laughs> I get you. We get you. We totally get you. Thank you so much for earning my invitation. Thank you so much. Um, so we would thank you so much to my producer as well for being here to do thank all the one, two, one, two, one, two. <laughs> yes, we get you. Abra, abra, abra. Abra.